From the Australian Taxpayers Alliance, this is Taxed and Wasted, Corona Break Edition, where we bring you all the news that has nothing to do with coronavirus from around the world. I'm your host, Emilio Garcia. Welcome back to Taxed and Wasted, Corona Break Edition. The reason we decided to start this endeavor of of Corona Break is because we really are just being bombarded by coronavirus news everywhere. Social media, news sites, newspapers. uh, (laughs) Every time that you think about going outside, you think about coronavirus. And we thought that it would be really nice, a really nice break for everyone listening, including for ourselves to produce this, to just think about the rest of the world to know what's going on elsewhere, and to hear news that just has nothing to do with the pandemic. And so we're going to do that. We're going to start doing that right now. And hopefully you'll uh, you'll like what you hear. Now, I'm filming this on the 9th because there's a long weekend ahead and I want to enjoy it. So the news might be a little bit um, unactualized, but please do tune in uh, next week and it'll be a little bit more updated. Uh, And also, I'm filming this from home because, you know, there's a lockdown. So if there's some noise in the background, I'm trying my best to keep this uh, good quality, but have some patience with me. So starting off with Australian news, uh, this was probably the biggest piece of news in maybe the the, the most controversial non-coronavirus news in Australia. I almost didn't mention it because it's controversial and people have the, the the opinions people hold are strong and emotional but it did happen in australia and it is not related to coronavirus so i thought that i should mention that george pell uh won his appeal so he's obviously been accused of um of raping some children and he uh he won his appeal Now, I know that a lot of people think that the previous reputation, the reputation that George Pell had before he reached some real notoriety, proves that George Pell was kind of the... He did this type of thing. While other people think that, in fact, all of those other accusations were just as baseless as the ones that he was just accused of. And so obviously this is creating a big, big divide um, and I think one of the things, I'm not going to give you my opinion. First, you probably don't want it. <laughs> if you do, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, uh, which is Emilio Garcia Oz is my handle. And I'll tell you there, I, I don't feel like it's worth mentioning here, but it is, it is pretty divisive. And, you know, what can you say? <laughs> it, one piece of Australian news that comes out this week that is not related to the coronavirus. And it's, uh, it's a hot topic. Moving on now to another piece of Australian news, HSBC. HSBC has self-reported for potentially being in breach of money laundering regulations in Australia. So what happened here is basically HSBC has gone to the financial regulators here in Australia and said, we might be in breach of these regulations that you put in place to make sure that money can't be laundered out of Australia. What's happened is they have not kept a close eye or a close handle on transactions made from Australia into foreign non-bank financial institutions. Uh, 
And what this means is basically that there's less control over where the money's going. If this is a non-bank financial institution, uh, smaller ones especially, we don't really know what they're using that money for. If it's a bank, we kind of know already. Banks, you know, banks are banks and they're large and we they have reputations, so we kind of already know what's what's going to happen. They probably are, have their own controls. Whereas smaller financial institutions are a little bit more, they can be a little bit more nefarious, let's say. Because you can start a, a small financial institution for yourself, for your own financial purposes, and that's going to be a lot different and it's going to be regulated a lot different and the oversight is going to be far, uh, far more different than what you would get at a bank. So they self-reported, and it's a uh, you know it's it's a good sign if if they themselves go and and report what they've done instead of having to drag the entire country through a um, through an investigation like the ones we've seen in the past. Uh, but the reason that this uh, HSBC issue is a little bit of a hot button for them is because HSBC had to pay one point nine billion dollars in fines in twenty twelve because they've prevented Mexican drug cartel money from flowing into the United States. Basically, all these small transactions were coming out of Mexico and into America in, in dollars. And so, you know, that provided for me a lot of spending money, which was great. No, I'm kidding. But uh, basically, HSBC said, we did this uh, and we think it's wrong. The authorities will see what they do. But a good sign that they noticed themselves and turned themselves in, uh, that's a good thing. So... We're going to talk about Mexico still, and uh, well, this is actually a funny piece of news coming out of Mexico, and it has nothing to do with drug dealers. Mexico has actually halted the production of Corona beer. I don't know. I don't know if this counts as a non-Corona, <laughs> as a non-Corona um, story. I like to think that it does, and even if it doesn't, it's pretty funny. Uh, it, it, it's actually just a coincidence. The the um, brewery basically decided that it wasn't safe for them to continue operation. And besides, the the name was just not doing very well considering the <laughs> the space, the, the similarity to the pandemic uh, in, in terms of how it sounded. But I, I just thought that, that was pretty funny. Uh, but Mexico has had some less funny news. Uh, it recently, Mexico recently elected a Marxist, a pretty hardcore communist to president as president and since it did that the economy has been just on a pretty severe downward spiral this precedes all the current economic ills and right now we just saw pemex which is mexico's oil company the state oil company downgraded internationally and this has mostly to do, a lot of people like to say that it has something to do with uh, oil prices, which have been affected. But really, it has to do apparently with the way that AMLO, that's what they call the president, ha with how he has administered the company. One piece of context that I find interesting to mention when, when I bring this up is that, just consider this, Pemex has always had a reputation of being run very badly and being very corrupt. And yet it had a certain uh, level of, of confidence internationally. Then the, the Marxist comes in, starts doing I don't know what, and now it's, it's, um, it's just completely cratered in terms of its international 
credit rating. So that's not great. They're estimated to lose between $15 billion and $20 billion every year for the next couple of years. Not great. And that just goes to show what uh, what happens when you elect a, a Marxist. Unrelated to, to the petroleum, Mexico was, for, for a long time, the only Latin American country with a triple A credit rating. And it's been, recently in the last couple of weeks, it's been brought down to triple B. Which is pretty. Which is pretty bad. That's a pretty severe downgrade. And I gotta say, as as someone who lived most of my life in Mexico, it's it's sad. Hopefully, this won't. Uh, this is a down spiral that won't last for too long. But uh, you know, that's what happens when you elect a commie. Moving on to France. France is trying out a digital euro, a cryptocurrency for for Europe, and it seems like. A pretty good idea, the government basically getting involved in in crypto. Some people are saying, well, you know, it's not a terrible idea. Why not? But here's the thing. It turns out that this cryptocurrency that France is thinking about, this supposed uh, crypto euro, they they plan on centralizing it. In other words, they plan to administer it through a central bank. And so... Bitcoin people, people uh, that are into cryptocurrencies, are are pointing out that that makes it completely a uh, moot point. Because the reason that there is a demand for cryptocurrency is basically it's it's essentially it's overall the decentralization. So if you have a central bank that is that is controlling the money supply, increasing it, decreasing it, that is able to play with the value of it is able to track all of it, then there's really no reason to have a cryptocurrency. Because what they're describing is something similar to what we're already doing, which is just trading fiat currency electronically. That's most most of the transactions nowadays are done that way. In in first world countries such as France, you you're generally paying with a credit card. Or if you're paying someone, you're generally doing it over uh, the internet. So that's so if it's if it's money on a spreadsheet that's controlled by a central government through a bank, well then what do we need this for? So hopefully they won't uh, completely make a moot point of their cryptocurrency, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see what France comes up with. Uh, now moving on to Germany, this is an interesting, kind of an interesting story. I'm not really sure if it's uh, consequential, but interesting. Germany, the, the, this is from the Jerusalem Post, and it. Uh, the, the title reads, Germany allows U.S.-sanctioned Iranian terror banks to continue to operate. So on, on the face of it, it sounds pretty pretty bad. So the bank is called Bank Meli Iran, M-E-L-L-I. Maybe I'm mispronouncing that. Uh, I think that's how, how it's pronounced. Basically, the, this is a bank. It's It's been in Germany from the, since the 60s, and the U.S. has designated the bank associated to a terror group. Now, it's not that simple. What happened was the Trump administration named the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist group sometime back. I'm sure you remember that was a pretty big story. And this is a bank that's associated to that uh, to that organization. So while the US government has named this a terrorist-linked bank, What's actually happening is that this is just a bank that's associated, uh, that's owned 
by the, the military of Iran. So it's a little bit of a, of a different calculation here. If it's, 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 not, it's not a bank owned by ISIS. It's a bank owned by an organization that has been named by just one country, now the most powerful country in the world, but the, the, by the, just one country as a terrorist organization. So the calculation is a little bit different, and it seems like Germany has sided with Bank uh, Melli. So it's it's just interesting. I, I'm not really sure what to make of it. I, I never really took a position on the on the designation on the IRGC, but it, it's interesting to see that that Germany has has taken a side. You know, you 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 make of that what you will. Uh, lastly, the last subject that I want to touch on is the the global food security index was released a couple of days ago and it's interesting it's an it's an interesting uh, index because what it does is basically it, it it ranks countries by the affordability availability quality and safety of its food and they they scored 113 countries and just looking through it, you know, it's it's not a huge piece of news, but it is some news that this was released. And I thought that we could have a have a quick look at it. First on the list, uh, so the most food secure uh, country is Singapore, which isn't isn't very surprising to me. Then third is the United States, also not surprising. And we actually we we're not in the top tier, I wouldn't say. We're right above Qatar at number twelve. Which is still good. I mean, I think that that means that Australia is basically one of the most food secure countries in the world, though it, it's not exceptional. And uh, then the rest of the list gets, it's kind of interesting if you want to go and look through it. It's on foodsecurityindex.eiu.com. And you can kind of see all the, all the different spots that it has. For example, Saudi Arabia is 30th. Spain and Chile are tied at 25th. My home country of Mexico is tied with Colombia at 43rd. I think it, seem, it seems the availability uh, metric is what's really dragging Mexico down. Because on, on the other metrics, it's not actually that bad. And then I don't think you'll be surprised to hear that way, way down at rank 113 is Venezuela. <laughs> uh, probably not surprising. Uh, obviously, that's, uh, that's what happens when you elect communists, kids. So don't. And I think that's probably all we have to touch on today. I really hope that you enjoyed this uh, Corona break. Please join us next week if you did enjoy it. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And we'll see you next time. Stay safe.